Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen Laboot, and I got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, man, sorry I'm late, been busy. But I'll get to get I'll get back to getting these back out on Saturday morning like I always do. Thanks for your patience and thanks for you waiting, guys. Hope you've been liking the uh, shows. Sorry about my YouTube. I haven't got my new uh, editing video um, stuff figured out yet. And once I get that done, I will get some more videos up there on my YouTube channel, guys. So. Just uh, bear with me, man. Bear with me. <laughs> well, I hope everybody's doing great. Halloween is upon us, or the Halloween season is. So, yeah, it's been awesome. I've been feeling great. Look at watching a lot of scary old movies that's coming out on Peacock and Hulu. So, hell yeah. I recommend that. Go check out some of the most scary movies they have on Peacock and Hulu, man. Got some good ones. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you to everybody from around the world who's listening, man. Well, today I figured since it's football season and school back in session, I've never really covered uh, sports venues that are haunted. You know, so I'm going to go over some, some haunted uh, sports fields today. So... I guess we'll get on with it if you guys are ready. All right. Our first story is the Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin. Long before Camp Randall... I better get my bifocals on. Yeah, yeah, I know. It sucks ice. All right. Movie Bueno, a lot better. All right. Long before Camp Randall Stadium became the home to the Wisconsin football team in the song Jump Around Celebration, it served as a barracks and a training ground for Union soldiers. Named after the state's governor, Alexander Randall, a fierce ambulance who had threatened <clears throat> Wisconsin would, su would secede if, Amber if Abraham Lincoln did not win the, pres the presidency and end slavery. This site wasn't intended to house prisoners of war. But following major union, a major Union victory in April of 1862, it was tasked with taking taking in more than 1,000 Confederate soldiers. To say the faculty was ill-prepared uh, for the sheer volume of soldiers, soldiers who would be, on, be an understatement. Within weeks, viruses and illnesses spread rapidly through the camp. By June, all of the remaining prisoners were moved to, the, moved to other locations due to the in quiet in the instability un instability of the conditions 
untimely, 140 men died on site during the camp's brief experience as a uh, prison camp. They were furred, furred in a mass grave nearby. It was not a happy place to be, and Mike Humperty, the founder of the American Ghost Walks and the host of The Other Side podcast, is so. That's why at Camp Randall and around the area, people have said they have seen spirits of Confederate soldiers. And that makes sense if they was all put in a mass grave. Just just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a guy who has lived in Madison a long time and is the head of the security at the factory. He said at one of his security he said that one of his security officers came up to him and said, "You're not going to believe it. I saw a Confederate soldier walking through the room, and when I chased after it, there was no one there." He couldn't believe it and thought it was crazy because he wasn't familiar with the history, but these are the types of stories you hear. Built in 1917, the Randall Stadium has been hosting football games for over 100 years, but fans in the area and residents are unable to forget its history. Excuse me. Tailgaters have described seeing spirits ahead of games, and they had they reportedly they reportedly are usually seen wearing their uniforms as well as as well as various sling slings and bandages so they see these confederate soldiers and some might have their sling their arm in a sling or bandages on their head or you know stuff like that uh where was that Okay, slings, slings and bandages and wandering in and out of the stadium, seeming, seemingly obvi- obviously to the thousands of rowdy fans. Herbert D. said this could potentially be explained by the stone tap therapy theory, which speculates that mental imprisons that mental imprisons uh, that mental imprisons during several traumatic events are preserved into the energy of the place and display as almost residential recording and are not spirits doomed to spend eternity stuck in it, stuck in one place. He said this is what one might experience when entering a building where something district distressing took place and being overwhelmed with sadness or heavy feelings. The statue of Abraham Lincoln at the University of Wisconsin No matter the explanation or lack of theory, the stadium isn't the only place believed to be haunted at the university. Partial remains of two bodies were discovered when land was being cleared for a Lincoln for a Lincoln Stadium in 1919. The area had been a cemetery and at one time one t- and at one time and before that the site of a scared brutal 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 ground dating back to thousands of years ago. 
The two individuals, just to their bottom halves, were found on site. The top halves were discovered three years later. Had died. They found out that they had died in the 1830s and had been in Bertillery left and had been purposely left there at the location of the graveyard. During the early 2000s, this and undergrad student showing around his friends, his friend's 21-year-old sister who was visiting from Taiwan, Herbity said, she doesn't speak much English but seems to be having a good time. This is until they got to link to the Lincoln statue. Then she became variously terrified and says they have to go. The friend doesn't understand why, but later she tells her brother while they were standing there, two hands appeared behind Lincoln, behind Lincoln's. They were both, or heads, I'm sorry, two heads appeared behind Lincoln. They were both smiling at her. The brother and the friend thought she was joking, but then they learned about the two men who had been buried there. They believed her. They believed her after all. <laughs> wow, that seems like a pretty cool place. So if you're ever uh, at that stadium, watch out for some old Confederate soldiers. All right, let's get on with our next one. All right, our next one is St. Mary's Stadium in Southampton, the United Kingdom. After a successful 103-year run at the deal, the Southern, the Southampton FS, which means football club, which means soccer for them, moved to the brand-new stadium about two miles away in 2001, called St. Mary's Stadium after the nearby church that founded the team in its earliest days. The state-of-the-art faculty more than doubled fan capacity for the team with over 32,000 seats. There was just one problem during the team's first season at the new stadium. It couldn't win a game. Naturally, as fans were fans want to do, they began searching for reasons for the new losing streak. Some said supporters of the Portsmouth of the Portsmouth FC uh, FC is Archville burnt a shirt under the stadium during construction and hexed the team. But others believe that there was something more sinister at play. There are many things happening that no one can quite explain, said Andrew Freering Way, a Southampton-based paranormal research in the events and mar marketing director for the super, Supernatural Tours. There was one worker who said he was a bit scared to go into the main stadium at nighttime because people would report these shadows and hear these voices. But once the team started to have an incredible, in, to have an incredibly bad, really bad, terrible season, more and more people began to believe that there was a curse on the stadium because it had been built on an ancient graveyard. 
The stadium, in fact, lies directly in the heart of what was once an Anglo-Saxon settlement known as Hemwick, and graves and human remains dated back to the 17th century were discovered on what became the stadium grounds. Archaeologists continue to discover artifacts around, or perhaps more accurately, under the grounds from the area. Clearly spooked by the happenings and and perhaps just the uh, losing record, the team nicknamed nicknamed the Saints brought a pagan witch named Gredwin Dragonoak Conley in hopes to getting rid of the angered spirits. We would call the ritual she performed a a clearing in the UK and and that means it's supposed to send the spirits to whatever you believe that the next believe the next plan happens to be or in the afterlife she uh she claimed it was evil spirits but i suppose really if you were upset about your brutal ground being built on being built on you'd probably be a little mad too just hours after connelly performed the ritual southern Hampton fc won its first game at the new stadium while the team has fear has has uh, far better since its first season, she said the uh, ritual did not completely stop these strange happenings around the stadium, and he's still or the faculty still hears stories from fans and employees that they're supernat- of their supernatural experiences. I suppose the players must have really believed the curse enough to uh, warrant someone coming in and doing a ritual. And I do not know if it was uh, coincidence or 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 if it did actually help since they would, since they won, right? She said. But I think they convinced themselves it was gone and made themselves believe that believe that fully in their minds even if it wasn't true i tend to find my experiences from doing this the thing about exorcisms and cleanings is they don't always work if you are a spirit and a real, and really upset about the happenings it does not matter what someone does you're not going to go so to place a curse here, which is what people believed happened, then obviously you feel very strong about it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and you're not going to give up just by someone coming and saying, please, can you go? So they uh, did this hex on this, did a ritual on this place, and uh, it's still uh, they still see shit, so... Yeah, they didn't uh, get rid of everything. All right, let's get ready for our next story. All right. Our next story is of the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. As with many Catholic colleges across the country, 
Notre Dame is filled with ghostly legends and haunting tales. So much, so much that the administration department even showcases many of them on its website for, for, for um, prospective students. And while there are believed to be many spots on campus that give people the shivers, perhaps none is better known than Washington Hall. There have reportedly been several deaths in in or near the building over its multi-century of being there, including a professor, a stipplejack, a stipplejack, I don't know what a stipplejack is, a stipplejack and a student and a football star named George Gipp. Yes, the Gipper is in win one for the Gipper. The legend of the football star George Gipp runs strong in the University of Notre Dame. As the popular legend grows, the 25-year-old Gipp, a senior, stayed stayed out past curfew one night and was locked out of his dorm, uh, locked out of his dorm building on his return. It was cold, late autumn night, but he had nowhere to go. So he slept in the slept on the steps outside of the Washington Hall, a performing art, performing an arts and music venue. The next day, he contracted a oh. Anyways, he contracted a pneumonia, and and unfortunately died from the infection soon after. I hate it when they abbreviate that shit. But he died soon after. But not before reportedly delivering his famous plea to his coach, Newt Rockney. Newt Rockney from his deathbed. And it, it was, come on, win one for the Gipper. <clears throat> Many uh, believe Gip never left Washington Hall and that he continues <clears throat> to haunt the building to this day a hundred years later students and staff and faculty members have reported the uncanny feeling of a presence despite being alone unexplained footsteps frequently moving objects the rustling of cert of certain things and the sound of of a brass of brass instrument instruments with no one visibly playing them countless students report as well as professional ghost hunters, have spent nights in the hall hoping to make contact with the luring ghost and document their efforts without much uh, concrete evidence. Matthew Swine, the author of America's Haunted Universities, Ghost that Rome had all the halls, said the rumors of the Gipps ghost started not long after his immediate death. I was unable to find a story from a student student news I was oh I was able to find a story from a student newspaper in nineteen twenty six. It said a student claimed he was awoken one night in uh, or early morning and went outside and there there he saw a ghost of George Gipp on his horse 
in front of that building. Other accounts have been about students hearing a horn blowing and then they look for whoever is doing it. They can never find them. Some people think the Gip had this rebellious side and was a prankster. And this is just one of his pranks. Swan is quickly to point out to point at to point out the story of the Gip's death is likely non accurate. And another less shared theory is more realistic to what happened. Weeks before he was hospitalized, Gipper, Gip was teaching a teammate how to punt later at, late at night and develop strip throat. Because there were no antibiotics at the time, he got progressively sicker and un, ultimately contracted the pneumonia and scubbed to, his, to the illness. He most likely did not sleep on the steps of the Washington Hall, at least not that night. But this doesn't stop the lure. They did not keep great records at that point, so we'll probably never be sure of what exactly happened, Sean said. It feels like a lot of times they create these legends to explain the myths of the person. So in case you have, in case you have Gip and his portrayed to be a little bit of a rebel and had the kind of rebellious streak to him. So that legend in these stories fit the fit the uh, criteria. But I never really came across the actual story. Hmm. Very interesting. Right, let's get on with the next story. Okay, our next story is Frontier Field in Rochester, New York. In the middle 1990s, Rochester Red Wings were one of the winningest minor league baseball teams in history. A triple squad that ended effectively with the Baltimore Orioles. And now as part of the Minnesota Twins organizations had won 18 titles in its uh, nearly 100 years of existence and had won the division title most recently in 1993-95. With a declined fan base, the county decided it was time for a new stadium for the beloved franchise. Construction got underway for the new faculty in downtown Rochester in 1996 and workers reported discovering bones on, on the grounds. Underneath where the stadium eventually went. It remains uncertain if they were human remains or of that of an animal. Or if they even were there at all. But the rumors presented, or the rumors are still going around still to this day. And are in, are, and are an officiated explanation for anything strange that happens at the ballpark. And there are a lot of strange things that happened at the ballpark. The team moved to Frontier Field, Field for the start of the 1997 season. And members of the grounds crew, constable staff, reported inexplicit, or, excuse me, inexplicit happenings almost immediately. 
including te- televisions randomly turning on in rooms where no one had been for days, or lights turning on and off. The team invited a pair of paranormal to par- paranormal investigators to the stadium in 2004. After spending an evening looking or an evening, an evening looking around, they officially declared Frontier Frontier Field haunted. The team in the stadium capitalized on this distract on this distraction, and for several ye- several years hosted a Fear at Frontier event around Halloween. Nate Ronwin, the Red Wings director of communications, has never personally experienced anything he could not find an explanation for, but does understand while others might feel uncomfortable at the stadium late hours at night. I think there is something creepy about the end of the night sporting uh, venue that's supposed to supposed to have thousands of people in the people in it cheering having fun drinking beer and just having a good time and at the end of the night all the lights turn off and you're on the and you're and you're one of the lone bodies in a huge faculty like that he said when there is an unexplained noise it's jarring because there isn't supposed to be anyone there and after all since the Red Wings had experienced such success prior to moving to the new faculty, it thinks it's only natural that fans would take for something worthwhile to blame their recent struggles with. The community is used to the team winning, Rowan said. So there are people here, there are people who are like, man, we must be haunted because we haven't won since 97. We've only made the playoffs twice since then. So obviously they think there's uh, there has to be a reason like that. Our players do not seem to be concerned about the ghost of Frontier, but I have heard a lot of players say they won't they won't or do not like to stay at certain hotels. There's a hotel <clears throat> hotel in Milwaukee where most of the Brewers opposing teams used to stay. And there are a number of players who flat refuse to stay there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, we've got another one. All right. Our next story is about Wrigley's Field. You know why it's called Wrigley's Field? Because the uh, Wrigley guy bought it, and that's why it's called that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I always wondered that. Anyway, Chicago's Ringley Field has its own spooky story. Security guards who patrol the park say the bullpen phones ring late at night when the ballpark is empty. Legend is that the Cubs player and manager, manager Charlie Grimm, calls the bullpen to make pitching changes. Probably is the bullpen phone is directed as a direct line from the dugout and cannot be dialed from any other location. Some security personnel also hear three names being called, or or they see Grimm in the hallways. 
Many people believe Grimm's ashes are buried in the left center field. But Grimm's ashes are not the only ones. Rumor has it that fans drop ashes into the uh, ivory in songwriter and diehard Cubs fans. Steve Goodman's are said to be buried under the buried under home plate. Other Wrigley uh, stories say balls are hit in the ivy and then disappear. And Harry Carey's ghost remains at Wrigley along with other figures who hang out in the office and the bleachers. Pretty spooky stuff. All right. Now, these are kind of short, but that's okay. We'll still have fun with them. All right. Our next story is about Dodgers Stadium. The Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium is said to have many ghosts, including a couple on their honeymoon who plummeted to their deaths from a hillside overlooking the city of Los Angeles. Many Dodgers employees report seeing a woman dressed in white, another woman dressed in white. She is diving over the cliffs. Others say the fields are haunted by these souls from the Hebrew Bonavault Society whose cemetery was moved to make room for the stadium's parking lot. Other people reported stories about the stadium's underground vaults and the tunnels where lizard, lizard people live below the stadium. In one of three lost cities of the Hopi people. So, if you ever had any experiences out there with that place, please tell me about it, guys. All right. Like I said, these are all, these uh, next ones coming up are all kind of shorties, but it'll be all right. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> all right. The next one is about the rock. <clears throat> and I'm not talking about the island where the prison is out there in San Francisco Bay. I am talking about the uh, University <clears throat> of Indiana. Indiana University's Memorial Stadium, known as The Rock, is supposedly haunted by I, IU students, an IU student, Michelle Plum. During construction of the stadium, Plum was found hanging from the scaffolding. Plum's shoes were polished and the soles of these shoes clean, even though he supposedly had walked a mile from his dorm room to the stadium, <coughs> which was oh, which was a construction site with mud and dust. That is weird. The guy was found hung with his shoes polished. Huh. Investigators ruled his death as a suicide by a broken neck. And however, when the body was later examined, it was determined he did not have a broken neck. Workers claimed to have seen a ghostly figure hanging from some location where Plum's body was found. Is Plum still trying to prove his death was not a suicide? You make the call. <laughs> Alright, now this one's for you wrestling fans. Do y'all remember Owen Hart? And how he died? Well, we're going to talk about that in the stadium he owns. 
1999, professional wrestler Owen Hart fell to his death while being lowered 78 feet to the ring for the WWE wrestling show in Kansas City in Caper Arena that night. Employees claim to have seen and heard Owen Hart's spirit walking through the rafters dressed in his blue blazer uniform. Other people claim they hear Hart adjusting his harness and and when they hear or see him, the lights flicker in the arena. That's pretty creepy. But he did die tra- a big tragic death. I mean, he fell to his death, so that makes sense him still haunting the place, but that one's pretty good, so if you ever been there or worked there, let me know if you see something. Tell me about it. All right, we'll do our next little story. All right, our next Hauntly place is Nationwide Arena. In Columbus, Ohio, Nationwide Arena is built on the site of the deadliest prison fire in U.S. history. The fire killed more than 300 prisoners and people claim the smell of smoke and the sound of men screaming and pacing their cells in the sound of the flames burning the prison prison can still be heard, particularly around the parking garage. Others say ghostly figures can be seen only in the ruins of the old building. Muhaha. <laughs> All right, got our next story. All right, our next story is about the Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Baltimore is a fantastic baseball is a fantastic baseball city. It has been home to the American League East Baltimore Orioles since 1954 and enjoyed over two decades worth of championship caliber baseball under legendary Hall of Fame manager Earl Weaver from the late 60s to the early 80s. Though winning hasn't been a regular feature of Orioles baseball for most of the most of the last 20 years, Baltimore is still home to one of the most pleasuring ballparks in the major leagues. Completed in 1992, Oriole Park at Camden Yards was one of the first of its kind in terms of baseball architecture. It consists to the uh, cookie-cutter, multi-purpose stadiums popular in the 1960s to the 80s. Camden Yards has a retro feel to it and remains the gold standard for ballparks, modern ballparks, hoping to establish some longevity. While the Orioles did most of their winning at Old Memorial Stadium Camden Yards, has a lot of ghoulish potential things to the B.O. Warehouse and and, uh, presentries only. Utah Street beyond the right field. Designer HOKSK Sport God wisely 
incorrupted both exiting elements into the design of the ballpark with past blending simply into the future. It wouldn't be surprising to learn the discoveries that have been hanging out on Euler Street to catch the O's playing ball one summer evening. So this place has old uh, has people there too that haunt it. People are saying they see uh, some old baseball players there and stuff. So sounds pretty groovy, pretty scary. All right, we got our last story. Okay, our last story is about Vanderbilt University Memorial Gymnasium. The venue is decided to those who have passed on, which means there's an especially high chance a supernatural presence was found its way, found its way into the bleachers. But it is not just the name that earns <clears throat> Vanderbilt's Memorial Gymnasium. A spot on this list, it has a rich history and many curly features that make it a prime target for supernatural sports fans. When the Memorial Gymnasium was being built back in the 18 back in the 1950s, there was some disagreement among astonished alumni about where the school should be built. Its athletes program its athletics program or keep on trucking in the SEC. Despite being <clears throat> being the smallest school in the SEC, Vanderbilt continues to hold its own in the college athletes. Though not rich in athletic history, Vanderbilt has had its greatest success on the hardwood. Anybody that has ever seen Vanderbilt basketball game in person or even on television knows the Memorial Gymnasium looks like nothing else in college in the college game. It acts as somewhat of a distant home court advantage for the uh, commanders. The court is all is always elevated a few feet above the lower level stands to give you a stage like view or a stage like feel. The stadium's weirdest feature is the benches, which are located behind the basket, not along the sidelines. Memorial's Gymnasium is both quirkly and beloved by the Commodore Nation. Would estimates late sports writer Grand, Grad, Gradlad Rice ever took the time to see the commander's duke ducking out when the hardwood? The odd confrontation of the Memorial Gymnasium and the architect vibe of Vanderbilt is generally only added to the belief that the basketball venue should or venue could harbor ghosts. So, same thing there. They have some ghosts that's been seen there at this place, but I don't know that last one wasn't really scary. Really a disappointer. But that's it for today, guys. Sorry I'm late. Next Saturday, it will be on time. And I think since it's Halloween, I'm going to go over some of the scariest uh, 
<sighs> places in America for Halloween. So I think I'm going to do that because I got three shows for this month to do. So, yeah, yeah, boy, that'll be great. Well, you guys have a great rest, rest of the weekend. And remember, it's getting chilly out there now. We can have some fires, tell some ghost stories. It will be fun, fun, fun. But thank you guys for listening. And go check out my YouTube channel. Go check out the podcast. You can get my podcast on any platform. I pretty much have it everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, all the all them. So thank you guys once again for listening. This has been Stephen LeBooth for Ghost Stories Told from the South. Have a great time and a great rest of the day, guys. <laughs> we'll see you later, man. Y'all have a scary one. Bye.